Hello, everyone. This is Matthew Robinson for LA Theater Bites. Today, I'm with Paula Rabello, who actually won our Best Actress Award earlier this year for LA Theater Bites. Uh, Paula, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> well, I first want to just jump right into this because you have such a cool career. I've been looking at a lot of your work and a lot of your process and a lot of the shows you've been in. And tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in theater? Uh, it was very random. I started very young at, at 10 years old back in Brazil. That's where I was born and raised. And I was walking with my mom at the mall and McDonald's was having an open call for a commercial. And I said, I want to do this. That's literally how my career started. And I went to this open call. I didn't get the spot, um, but that opened up that possibility, like acting classes and, and all of that. And from then on, I didn't stop. I became a child actor in Brazil and moved here for college. Wow. I mean, like that's, that's really crazy. It's a bummer you didn't get the part, but I'm glad it's still <laughs> kind of stuck with you. If, growing up, and uh, I saw in your profiles, Rio, Brazil, what's the theater community like there? Is it big? Is it small? Like, what's it like? It's big. And, and it's changed over the past 15 years. I've been here for 15 years now, but um, it's big and very culturally relevant. Uh, more more so I can compare it to New York than LA. Um, the town knows the plays that are happening. People who aren't artists or in this business are going to see the shows. In LA, I feel like we do this work for ourselves uh, and our own community. But uh, one example I can give, I remember Robert Wilson tour to Rio when I was a teenager and I went to see it. It was in a massive theater. It was packed, sold out all shows. Uh, the majority of people in the audience were not artists. Uh, the, the, just everybody knew it was happening. And when Robert Wilson toured in uh, in LA and I got to see his play, the theater was half empty and people didn't even know it was happening. So that's the difference. It's very culturally relevant and um, everybody wants to be involved. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds amazing. I wish we had that here in LA, but like that's such a great... Well, not great for us, but such a good way to like put the juxtaposition of how we treat it, particularly people who are not even that inundated into the theater scene, going right. to see performing arts. It's such a big thing that I took for granted when I grew up in like the East Coast that mm -hmm. people just from all walks will go and see a show on a whim. That doesn't really right. happen here. Yeah. And I, I, I think maybe I was drawn to the arts because my, and I'm the only artist in my family, but I was always taken to shows as a kid, as a teenager, to operas, to ballets, not just plays. It's just, it's it's a part of the culture to experience that. Yeah, I think that's something that's at least, you know, here in LA, it's, they're working on it, but it's it's obviously not there yet to get people into that that rhythm of just going to a show, you know, it's, it seems to be more of a big event when people go to a theater show here in LA, when it should be something more that you just kind of do on and off with the times and how you're feeling. <laughs> well, last year, like I said, you won the LA Theater Bites Award for Do You Know Anger? Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your character in that and your process for performing that particular character? Yes, and thank you for the award and for, for recognizing that play and, and my work, uh, it was very special to be a part of it. Uh, so do you feel anger? I got to play Sophia, who's an empathy coach and comes into this office space to teach empathy to all uh, its workers. And 
it was it was a really challenging play to do uh, because the tone is so tricky of that of that play. And um, I had a blast. It, it stands as one of the favorite shows I've ever done. Um, it was such so challenging in a good way. It's, it's good to do hard things. Uh, and I, I, I remember in the rehearsal process, there was so much trust from Helena, our director, in all of us and in the story itself, the script and all the actors. So it was very supportive environment. Um, it had a true ensemble feel, which can be rare to find sometimes uh, when you're going from show to show. Definitely. But I felt so misplaced in the rehearsal process. I'd come home and tell my husband I was miscast. I'm not right for this, you know. <laughs> Because I, I I had a hard time finding Sophia's voice and and in in the rehearsal process and I felt I tried so many things and 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 Helena just kept supporting. It's like yes, keep going, you know. And I'm like, wow, you have so much trust in us, you know. Maybe I should have a little bit more trust here too. Um, and and what I what I found out later when the when we've completed the process, I wasn't alone in feeling that. Uh, every single actor in that show was feeling that, and and uh, and I had the recognition that it wasn't necessarily me, Paula, feeling misplaced or miscast, but that was the nature of that character. Uh, so it was fitting. I was fitting feeling that way because Sophia feels misplaced and feels like a fish out of water until she has to learn how to swim in that universe to survive. Mm -hmm. And is that the right or wrong thing to do? You know, that's up to, to the audience to decide. Right. Um, so I, I, it was, I, it surprised me, you know, I'm not a method actor. At, at, <laughs> so, so feeling, um, the same things my character is feeling in my real life has not really happened to me, but, mm -hmm. uh, but that one hit close to home and, and, um, and it's a satire and, and, and it's hard not to recognize your, the, the goal of satire is for you to recognize yourself and your flaws, right? In, in that yes. world. And so that character did that to me and I had to look into my life a lot um, and recognize some things that may have been hard to recognize or, or pleasant to recognize and bring them to the role. So it was, it was very hard uh, and a, such a lovely process. I'm, I'm so grateful I got to be a part of it. Oh, that sounds amazing. And it sounds like you had a director who really allowed for that exploration and experimentation. You know, was it the rehearsal? Was it like just how you had one-on-one -on -one conversations as an ensemble? It, how did you feel? What kind of helped you feel relaxed and able to explore that within yourself? Uh, I trusted the cast and the creative team all the way. Um, uh, so when I came to rehearsal, trying something and failed or didn't feel right. I'd look, you know, at Tasha Ames, who who was acting with me and be so amazed by what she was doing that that immediately dropped me in or, you know, Casey, everybody, you know, Rich, like uh, Napoleon, the, the, the entire cast was just it blew my mind. I was I was I admire them. It's so amazing to work with somebody who you admire. Who you, and um, that was that really helped me relax into it and feel confident to to try and fail and succeed and discover together. And then we did just that. Oh, that's lovely. I mean, like that's what, that's what every cast and director really wants to hear. And it showed, it, obviously it showed in your performance. And, and I think you really were able to tap into something uh, really special with that. Um, are there any characters, you're speaking of challenges, are there any characters in theater that you feel drawn to or you would like to play that you haven't? 
gotten a chance to yet? Yeah, um, I do a lot. It's funny because D. Langer is very was stylized and a satire, but to me it's one of the straightest plays I've done. I do a lot of stylized work uh, and physical theater work. So I, I, I'm interested in doing more straight plays and, and explore that. It was, it was nice to bring it so close to home with that one. And um, I, it feels cliche to say, but I, but I love the powerful women, the lady M's of the theater, you know, I love it. <laughs> Uh, give it to me, baby. You know, <laughs> I, I'd love the opportunity to play those big, uh, big archetypes uh, uh, of, of the female experience in the theater. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm a little biased because uh, the Scottish play is, if it's not my favorite Shakespeare play, it's it's like number two. But I think that was seeing that play for the first time mm -hmm. as someone who didn't know even at the time that they were going to be a writer or do work in theater. It's just something stuck with me about Lady M and those types of characters. And I totally get, like, I, I, that's just the kind of part. I don't act, but if I was acting, those are the kind of parts I would want to. There's just yeah. something very complex and powerful about them. And I remember, speaking of theater in Rio, I remember seeing a, a Brazilian production of the Scottish play when I was a teenager with my mom. And there was no set, no props. It was just no costume change. It was just very raw and and uh, amazing it's one of the best productions i've ever seen and um and as 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 a foreigner well now i'm american now i've been here for long enough but but i still <laughs> consider myself a foreigner <laughs> um it's, it's shakespeare is so foreign to me mm. it, the, the, that, that english is so challenging for me and uh but I have seen it done so well that it surpasses the that language barrier, and uh, it's just mind blowing to me. Oh wow, that's I mean, that, that's such a like that's such an experience that I wish people would have more. I've seen Romeo and Juliet performed in Spanish, mm -hmm. and um, I don't speak Spanish, and so obviously there was a little bit of a language barrier. But just because of the great performances and knowing the story and being able to read the tone. You still felt the gravitas right. of that, of the sequences, of the performances that were coming out. I, that, that, I think that's something I, you know, this is not something I thought of until just now, but man, that would be something really cool for people in the theater community to do, to challenge themselves, to see something that maybe isn't in their first language, in that language reformed, and see how that affects their experience and how they tap into it in a different way. Absolutely. Well, you have a very active social media uh, presence and a topic that's come up many times with LA performing arts is how much social media marketing has to be done for kind of on our own or as one person do you feel like that's true do you feel like in order for a show to be successful in order for you to be seen as a performer in LA that you have to have some sort of social media presence um, and if so is it something that you enjoy or do you feel like it's more of a, a chore a task you have to do it's, it's so interesting that you, you begin by saying I'm present on social media because I don't feel that way. So it's like, oh, okay, then maybe I am putting myself out there and my work out there. Um, I, I, um, I've had this conversation with actors so many times. Um, I'm resistant to it. I don't want to spend a lot of time to it uh, on it, but I think um, 
It doesn't serve me to be, I'm better than this and I'm not going to have social media because we, that is how we share things in this day and age, the year is 2024. I get to know about a lot of plays that are happening through social media as well. So I, I like to put my work out there. Do I think you need to have it? No, a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I know, uh, People say actors have to have a, a very strong presence in social media. I disagree. I see actors who are very successful and don't. At the end of the day, you have to do what's what works for you. Um, and as long as it's honest. If you're trying so hard to, to perform on social media, then that's something I am against. But if you're just sharing your work and inviting your community, I think that can be uh, very, very beneficial for, for the arts and people knowing what's happening and, and joining in that conversation. Oh, yeah, well said. I love how you put that. Uh, so you have a new production. It's called Tiny Little Town. It's playing at the Broadwater in Hollywood. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, uh, it opens Thursday. Um, so today's my day off and then we're, we have dress tomorrow. Um, so this, this production is with a theater company that's very near and dear to my heart called Theater Movement Bazaar. This is my fourth production with them. Um, Tiny Little Town is an adaptation of Gogol's The Government Inspector, um, who that was written in the 1800s, taking place in Russia. Uh, it's also a satire, a satire on our greed as 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 human beings, on our uh, on on corruption, on our egos, um, and Gogol. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm quoting him or somebody who has spoken of his work um, has talked about how there are no uh, no good players in this play. No, nobody you can have empathy towards. Um, <laughs> everybody's very flawed in the beginning and, and they end very flawed. Mm. Um, so it's not about seeing the hero's journey of these characters, but seeing the human ugliness that we get to um, confront on the on our day to day. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a physical theater company. It's a musical, so their first musical. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so it's just when I was speaking of the stylized plays that I've done, that I do, uh, this is definitely one of them. It's it's very stylized, um, where the our physicality is speaking uh, just as much as our words. Um, so that's that's the play. It's choreographed and directed by Tina Cronus and written by Richard Alger who are the, the Theater Moon Bazaar duo. Oh, wow. That sounds like an awesome, awesome experience. A blast. A blast. And scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, I mean, I know it seems like you are really drawn right now to satire. Do you think that's just how things came together or something deeper? <laughs> the world that we are living in, it's so absurd and so heightened. Um, <laughs> How do you get to talk about it um, in another way? It, I, I, yeah, I, I guess it's just a coincidence. Coincidence, but it's also the world that we live in feels a little mm. bit absurd, quite honestly. And and commenting on itself, and we're talking about social media and all of that. Um, and this play was written in the 1800s in Russia, but the adaptation for Tiny Little Town, uh, it was adapted for America in the 70s, mm. which I think is very relevant. You know, when we're talking about this country, not only the then, but now, uh, individualism, selfishness, ego, putting somebody who's in a higher status than you in a, up in a pedestal, um, 
the, you know, the American dream, I'm going to make it what's mine, I'm going to earn and I'm going to get it, I'm going to get ahead of people. Those are themes of the play and I think are themes of this country. And um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's doesn't matter it was written so long ago, sadly, it's just as relevant. Yeah, that's the great thing about all these plays, both good and bad. It's like, oh, wow, we're still dealing with these problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, it, there's also something um, comforting about, at least for me, uh, I find it comforting when that happens to a certain degree because it's like, oh, people are, like, we're dealing with stuff. Like, we're not so advanced. And the people back then also had the same issues. I think sometimes we like to think, that people in the time before us had more concrete issues like food and water and like on sanitation, but they also had the more abstract and maybe esoteric issues of their time that bled into very tangible problems. <laughs> so this, I mean, that sounds super, super exciting. I love a good adaptation. I'm a sucker for one. And, you know, a musical on top of all that is... Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten to do the, I did the Cherry Jam, which was an adaptation of Cherry Orchard. Then I did Big Shot, which was a, a, a take on The Godfather. And then Grail Project, which was a take on the Arthur, Arthur's myth, Arthur's legend. So they, they're pros at, at, at adaptations and making it their own. Mm. Uh, what I love about working with them, too, is I haven't seen anything like it. And, uh, and I'm excited about their take on this one. That's awesome. Where can uh, people find tickets for this show? So you can check out the Broadwater the Broadwater website or uh, Theater Movement Bazaar's website. And that's just Theater Movement, Theater with R-E, uh, theatermovementbazaar.org. Perfect, perfect. Yes, yeah, definitely get the word out about that. So uh, are there any goals and aspirations for 2024 that you wanted to share in effort to kind of start the new year? Yeah, goals and aspirations. I... um. I, I hope to not take myself too seriously. Uh, I'm a very serious person <laughs> for, for worse. <laughs> and um, and I, I have gotten to do these the satires that I'd ask you not to take yourself too seriously too. Uh, and and uh, there have just been things that have happened in my life that I'm hoping to be able to go, not only my life, but my work as an actor and how I enter a project with, a, with more... Um, surrender and and joy uh, mm. rather than uh the need for control or um or seriousness so that's uh i've that's something i've been working on and i continue will carry me through my work in this year i love that that's a great one yeah, absolutely i'm sure you're going to do very well with that uh where can people find out more information about work follow you on social media where do they need to go so they can uh, see what's going on with you <laughs> Yes, I the only social media I use is Instagram is at Paula Ribello. Um, and I, I'm always share I've been making it more professional where I share most of my work there than personal life. And my website, which is paularibello.com, which you're reminding me I should update. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I have a website. And I'm always like, oh, I should update that this week. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't posted about Tiny Town there. So I got to put that in there. Well, Paula, thank you so much for being here on the program. I really appreciate it. You are awesome. You're great, Angus, and I am just excited to see what you keep doing here in 2024. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for holding these conversations. And 
not only with me and celebrating me, but celebrating LA theater in general, when we're talking about bridging that community, you are a bridge to connecting people, letting people know. So I appreciate you doing that for LA. Hey, I love it. This is my city. And so I'm like, let's get the theater world out there. (laughs) Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone also for listening to this episode of your continued support of LA Theater Bites and LA Performing Arts. We've got some new reviews and new interviews coming up for you uh, in this month of February. So look out for them. Paula, once again, thank you so much. Thank you.